going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast. This week for the Houston Open, which is sponsored by some bank I've never heard of in my life. As usual, I am here with my boy Taylor, uh, Tyler Tambley. So many Taylors this week. Tyler, Tyler Tambley, Tyler, what is up, my friend? Okay, Tyler Montgomery, Taylor's brother. We're going to talk about yeah, him. We'll yeah. get to it. Yeah, before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by Prize Picks. Head on over to prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet, use promo code MMN. Get yourself 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. Check that site out. When the new season kicks off, we will be doing, like I said, a full segment on it. Four or five minutes just going over our top picks for the week. They're going to have set lines that are up in advance so that we can get after them, get them out to you guys and pick some winners. But Kenny... Another crazy week, man. It was a close call. I actually had a really good week. I got fourth in the main $20 tournament. I hit the Henley outright, which everybody else did too, but 50 to one, that was nice. So yeah, it it was a solid week. Good for Henley. I thought it was pretty incredible. The afterthought, everyone was tweeting about it last night, but the guy, you know, admitted it. Not too many people do that. You'll say, they all say it's tough out here and they go like, they tell you the truth, but for him to come out and say it of himself, like I literally choked those events away so this felt so good to just sort of break through again and get another W was incredible. And he did just that, man. He came through in the clutch, little Rocky on Sunday, but he built that buffer in there compared to the rest of the guys are chasing. So it doesn't phase me too much to see Damon and power and those guys go off and him stay put. He just fairways and greens, get the job done. And that's what he did. One by four strokes. What do you think of the event? Yeah. I mean, it was on the BTV, uh, TV two all week again. I mean, man, these, these fields just aren't that great. And especially when he took that lead going into Sunday, it was basically over. Uh, I actually had it on the laptop, uh, because I had to research all the games and shit for, uh, yesterday when I was on Pat's show for the Sunday night live show. So, uh, I didn't actually get to catch uh, a lot of it. I mean, uh, enough to know what was going on. Um, uh, I, I don't, I mean, he just whooped that ass. I mean, shit, I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, the, the shitty thing about it is last week on Shea was power one. I, I talked about how I wanted to play power and he was the last person that I marked off the list and did not play very rare. I'd say about uh, one, maybe two golfers a week that I say uh, on this podcast where I don't actually pay, play uh, just because of either, you know, the lineups don't work or, or, or I do a little bit more research or something like that. Uh, and so that was power last week. He was my last one out, uh, this now the two weeks ago, this past week, you know, I talked to Henley. I said, I liked him, blah, blah, blah on the podcast. He was my last one out again, uh, in TFS. And of course he won again. So maybe I should put that out when I make my lineups every, every Wednesday night, just to go out and just be like, Oh, last one out this guy bet him now. Well, uh, maybe you're hanging around with Tim. You're hanging around with Tim. You're on the show yeah. last night with Tim Mayo doing that one on Sunday night football, but I thought you did tweet it out. I remember you tweeting this out. You said, by the way, last time it was this, this time it's this. So he'll go on to win. And then you quote tweeted it and said, yep. Or yep. whatever it was like, there yep. it is. So you, you at yep. least are honest about what you're saying and doing. You did it. You, you said it, you let it happen again. And sure enough, Henley goes on to win. So that's back to back for you. It's almost like I said, the Korean cust. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and, and by the way, speaking of that, just to let you know right quick, you just admitted that you were looking up and researching before you went on the show last night when you guys did pick the lines and set the. Uh, I didn't research that. The only the only one oh, I looked okay, for pick okay. the lines was my team, the Commanders. And okay, of course, okay. Paul called me out on that because yeah. it's the truth. Uh, if I if I if I looked at it, I would have won. I think that I was my take. Right. I was like, I think, not do better. I, I got like one right. I, I mean, thought maybe the edibles kicked in and maybe no, that was no, a holdup. No, but okay, actually, I got something new now. Now it's like droplets of like pure thc yeah that's what i'm that's what i got now <laughs> i moved on from the edibles moved on from the lick from that from the from the syrup now it's literally like a little vial like this with a little squeeze thing and you just like drop like thc drops into your mouth do you go so into the dispensary to buy this stuff no i got a buddy of mine whose brother owns a dispensary in dc Okay. Uh, recreational in Maryland, in Virginia is legal, but there it's, it's not commercial yet. Uh, it'll start being commercial in 2024. I could just uh, see so, you like the cut, the dream customer for them. You walk in, come oh, over yeah, here, Mr. Be. Kim, come on, check this out. We got uh, a new uh, thing here. So they're already, they're already building huge dispensaries in our area. Yeah. Uh, there's one on this major thoroughfare. Uh, if you guys live in Northern Virginia, you guys, on the corner of 29 and 50 in Fairfax, which is one of like the most trafficked corners 
like in, in our area in Northern Virginia, there is a three-story uh, cannabis shop that just opened uh, there. It's humongous. It's all medicinal right now because you can't purchase recreational weed. Uh, but in two years, I mean, it's about 10 minutes from my house. Uh, so I, I will be frequenting uh, that place. Or I, it just depends. If my guy's cheaper, I'll go with him anyway. So yeah, whatever. By the time we get to this place opening, Kenny will be up to the third floor via the elevator, and he'll be telling us how he's injecting it now by needle into his arm. He's got the new no needles. Latest and greatest uh, uh, option. Uh, uh, no needles. Okay. No, okay. I, I, I've done plenty of uh, illicit, you know, substances in my life, but I'll stay away from the needles. Uh, but anyways, right. let's let, we'll talk about uh, Henley and the tournament itself. I mean. You know, a couple of guys out there, Will Gordon, another guy that we talked about uh, with a strong finish, Joel Dahlman, uh, Joel Damon, another strong finish uh, for him. He's been playing really, really good golf. I mean, I think uh, three or four top 15s, top 25s in a row. Uh, the price tag at $9,000 this week seemed a little high, but I was looking at it probably warranted in this field. Uh, and uh, he's looking good. Um, for me personally, uh, of course, I talked up my cash gains last week, how good I was doing obviously it was going to crash. I mean, you, you had to have known that <laughs> I did go three or four uh, in my cash game cornerstones. Lastly, my punt play did miss the cut. I went five of six in cash uh, rare now uh, to go five or six in cash and lose. I was about eight to 12 points uh, away from cashing. So it hurt a little bit. Uh, Horschel really killed me. He just did not play as well as I thought, but I'm not going to change the way I, my approach because I think the approach was still correct. I just picked the wrong people up top. Uh, probably should have went Scheffler and Hovland or something like that. Or, you know, uh, I did have the Finau um, fade, uh, which was nice with him missing the cut. Uh, do I love him this week? Uh, and then, so, so not the best week uh, five and two now for the, for the, for the swing season. Um you know what? And then some, some big news also, you know, uh, it seems like live golf is, is getting some more people from what I'm hearing. Uh, uh, not Hovland. Um, Hatton is, is rumored. Xander uh, can't lay rumored. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is we won't have to worry about it next year, but what what's happening is these fields in the fall have really, really felt the live guys losses. Um, if you look at this field right now, uh, top heavy, uh, you got Schefter, uh, the big boys of Schef uh, uh, Scheffler, what, Burns, Decky, Finau, right? Well, in the last two years, this tournament, the Houston Open has been played. Uh, DJ has played. Kepka has played. Cam Smith has played. Leishman has played. Um, Neiman has played. Uh, so, so what it's doing is it's making these tournaments really, really, uh, you're not getting the amount of good golf elite golfers uh in these certain types of fields now when it gets to the regular season and you have those crazy elite events it should be fine but what live is going to hurt uh the pga tour is these type of events the non-elite type uh, events are going to suffer uh until something happens uh I, I mean i don't know what that something is or if there will ever be a something uh but Guys are going to go, and it's going to create these problems. I guess it's not really a problem, I guess, uh, as long as the PGA keeps stacking up new talent, uh, which I, I think they will, and I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. But but losing more superstars, man, it's, it, it really, really hurts. And they really got to figure out something to do to get all these guys on the same golf course at the same time at some point in time. Yeah goes back to our conversation a couple of weeks ago. I think it was just about this. That's what, that's what we said. So I'm not going to spend money on making this better for anybody. Like we're going to gamble on it either way. Other people aren't, they don't care. They already are dead to football and they know it. So why put even more into just make it a little less dead if the field's not there and all, no one's going to care about the, these other names behind are never to me going to be the, the needle movers. Like the, what do we got down here? Denny McCarthy, Joel Damon. We know him very well. He's great. That's fine. But I'm saying him, Matthew Neesmith, Norin, Putnam, all great guys for us to play in DFS and gamble on. Never going to be the mainstay or the big names at the top. Of course, like you said, you got some of them here, but that's the difference maker. So it's just going to continue with that, I think. And that's the other thing people have to remember is like this, what the, the swing season, especially next year with the new setup, it's for the people coming in that need to stick with it, need to get their card, get their profession, keep rolling and making money in golf. Another conversation about live. That's the whole point why some are taking the bag, but the setup here is it's not meant to be 
the best DraftKings format ever or the best gambling experience ever. And they could go after that and it could help them. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying when you see it and why it doesn't translate to that, it's because look at this right now. I had a sweat all weekend, finished fourth in the main GPP. Do you you know when I tuned in for the ending? Like the last nine holes. I watched it here and there throughout Friday and Saturday, usually Thursdays. Always I got so much going on, but I watched it some on the weekends as a diehard fan. But even for the sweat, like with football going on, everything else, multiple TVs, it's in the background. It's in the background, man. Like it's just never going to be the number one focus for anybody this time of year. And that's just all part of it. They're here to get their cards. They're here to keep their cards, get into the FedEx Cup, all those factors. The new setup changes it even more so, Kenny. And then you talked about live pulling names and things like that. That's where it does matter some. The field is going to stay this or worse based on what you're saying. Yeah, I just don't want more top level guys to go. Right. Uh, I, I mean, uh, okay, I, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna make them talk shit about them for taking the money. Take the money, okay? Whatever, that's cool. Um, just, I just don't want any more to go because man, it really waters down. These and mostly, fields. these are all rumors too. Like, still, yeah, we've been yeah. going, you know, I got into it in the beginning, trying to figure it out back and forth, and just having fun with it. You know, so you look at the information as diehard golf fans, you're taking it all in. It matters. We've said it from the start. We can't control what's happening. It's going to continue to happen. They're going to keep pulling these guys, but we don't know if Hatton, X, Cantlay, all that is still just rumors, but they are pretty confident that they're bringing in at least seven plus big names. And so I don't know who else would be the big names because the other guys I said aren't big names. So I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Those three would be very big names in my opinion, as are the ones that they've already pulled like Cam Smith. So we'll have to wait and see, but Topic for another day. The rest of this event, solid. One thing I will say when we get into the tiers, power, it continues. The guy that wins and then gets his price dripped down to, to way less comes back and has a strong week. It's another example of that. It's been both times in this swing season where that's happened. So keep that in mind for moving forward. This week, we've got Henley's price goes up. That usually is a fade. So anyway, look at it from how you want to look at it. I think that was interesting. The, the guys I had were like Henley. We don't have a list in the league, so might as well talk about it. But Henley, Harmon. Joel Damon, Scheffler, Lipsky, and I forget who my, oh, Spawn. So I had four in the top four with two outside, just missed, but ended up needing Sig, even though he was down the board, <clears throat> he outscored Spawn by having two Eagles to, to Spawn zero. So well, I think also Sig, what it came down to, didn't he like 66, 65, 67, and like 74 on Sunday or something? So he was getting a ton of birdies. Yeah, uh, that would hurt me even more if he got the all four under 70, but I ne- I had him in one lineup, Joel Damon in another. I came like fourth and 11th, and I needed them both together in the same lineup over Spawn in the top one, and it would have been a shipper for the week or at least a two-way chop for up top. So either way, good week overall. Nice to see Henley get that W. Uh, so worried with that bet on Saturday night, just knowing what he's done in the past. I mean, Saturday night, I shouldn't say as, as bad. Felt a little bit stronger about it by then, but... Leading into Saturday, it was not ideal thinking like, yes, he's in a great spot, but is he actually going to get the job done this time? And happy for him that he did. Happy for my bank account that he did. So great week yeah. overall. We, By the way, Listener League, back for the regular season. I talked to them today. They were willing to do it, but like I said, for the last minute of it, and all, it's only two weeks left. I said, let's just straighten it out, get it right for the regular season for everybody. Should be at least 750, if not 1,000 starting out. And then it will be based as always how quickly we fill it up. We fill it up by Tuesday within 24 hours. They'll build it for the next week. So it's going to be a strong Lister league going into the new year. Going to be a great tournament for us. I'll get it as good as I possibly can for everybody. All right. So let's get into this week. Uh, the PCA tour uh, heads to Houston, Texas for the cadence bank Houston open from Memorial park golf course. Uh, this course, a muni, which is pretty cool. Uh, has only been in play for two years. Uh, this makes it a bit tougher to try and figure out what to look for in golfers, but there is some information we can look at to make it easier. The course was originally designed by John Brethemus, uh, who also did some work in the design of Colonial Country Club. Recently, the course was redesigned by Tom Doak, and although none of Doak's, uh, none of Doak's courses have had a PGA Tour run, he did intern for Pete Dye. Uh, there has been some speculation, sawgrass, other peat dye courses, uh, uh, you know, that, that could be seen as correlated courses to this one this week. 
um, since Doke has spoken about how much influence Dai has had in his career. Uh, others have spoken about Riviera, Augusta, TPC Scottsdale. Personally, I think if you want to look at some correlated courses, the Texas courses would be good. Uh, Colonial, Valero, and the Golf Club of Houston, where this tournament was held previously. Um, and maybe even PGA National, where they played a Honda Classic, you know, another tough course uh, with Bermuda Greens, uh, where, you know, single-digit, uh, you know, low double-digit wins the event under par. Uh, another aspect this week is the Korean connection. Uh, as the majority of Korean golfers on tour live in the Houston area, uh, I'm not really sure how many of them have played the course since the redesign, but they could have a little bit of an advantage sleeping in their own bed. Um, two years ago, the course played tough with the winning score only being minus 13 and the median score only being minus one. Uh, Ortiz took it down last year. Kokrak won at minus 10 with a medium score as plus one. Uh, so not a cakewalk. This is going to be a tough course. Uh, a lot of the top golfers in the field were near the top of the leaderboard uh, the last couple of years. Decky, DJ Kepka uh, two years ago. Um, you know, the, uh, the year, but the, the last year, Scheffler, Burns, Cam Smith, Sungjae. Uh, so, you know, it's only two years, so it doesn't really give the whole story, but the greens were firm and severely sloped. Hitting fairways and short game was important, and there was also a lot of long iron shots. Texas, of course, known for the wind, and if that picks up, expect another difficult test. As of now, we're looking at 20-plus mile-per-hour winds all four days with frigid temperatures for Texas uh, on the weekend. I'm seeing like 58-degree high, 61-degree high uh, in Houston. That's pretty fucking cold. Um, now, uh, you know, this there could be a bit of carnage this week with, with the wind and the uh, and and the cold temperatures and the difficulty of the course. Uh, you know, and also wave stacking could become an option uh, this week. Uh, so make sure you check the weather, make your lineups as late as possible. Okay. Uh, now, Memorial Park Golf Course, seven thousand four hundred fifty yard par seventy two, three par fives, five par threes. Two of the par fives should be reachable by golfers in two. Uh, the par five eighth hole is a mammoth 630 yards and should play as a three-shot hole for most. Uh, three of the par threes range from 200 to 235 yards, and the last two are much shorter, ranging from 155 to 167. Uh, now, when it comes to par fours, two play fairly short with yardages right at or just below 400 yards, with one on the back nine being drivable. Uh, three par fours range from 440 to 455 yards, and three are very long, ranging from 490 to 505 yards. Now, looking at this configuration, I think we see a fair amount of shots from over 200 yards every round. I would guess at least six uh, every round. Now, off the tee, golfers will see tree-lined fairways that have been widened a bit by Tom Doak. Uh, the trees aren't too bunched like they are at Colonial, and golfers will have outs most of the time when they miss wildly into the trees. Uh, also, there is a bit of room between the edge of the fairway and the start of the trees, though if the golfers miss the fairway, the rough could be a bit penal. Uh, the one thing you won't see much of is bunkers. Uh, only around 19 to 20 bunkers on the course, only two water hazards that are in play on four holes. Uh, the rough around the fairways is Bermuda and should be around two and a half to three inches tall. Uh, even though it's not like crazy tall, uh, you know, it is Bermuda, flyer lies, pretty normal. That's what you're going to see. Uh, judging distances in that rough will be tough, and it'll be tough to hold these firm greens. Uh, now, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, let me move on. I just lost my place here. Now, now on approaches, golfers will see above average size Bermuda grass greens. Uh, the greens may be slightly large when it comes to square footage, but many are crowned on the edges. And depending on pin locations, the landing areas to have a good birdie chance are pretty small. If golfers miss the greens, they have to deal with uh, many shortly mown runoff areas to what we see at Augusta, similar to what we see at Augusta. Uh, the greens should be firm and fast and severely sloped. So what are we looking for in golfers this week? Uh, with the limited information we have, you know, it's sort of tough to answer. But from what I've gathered, you know, I think you should look for solid uh, numbers off the tee uh, with maybe a little bit of emphasis on length uh, since it looks like driver will be used on almost half the holes. I also think long irons will be key with around six shots around from over 200 yards. Um, if we see a spike in the wind forecast, which is 
what we're seeing right now on Monday evening, uh, we might need to look at golfers with strong short games. Uh, finding good Bermuda putters also will be helpful. Tampa, what are you looking for this week? A lot of things you said, actually, but the, the big ones that stood out to me was the weather. Keep an eye on that. That's always the thing, right? Anytime we're out here, you can check that out. Wave stacking never hurts. Even if you don't see anything in particular, it's more of if it ends up going that way, it can change on a dime and then you set yourself up for success based on that. So I think that one is a good call. And then the other thing was, um, you know, just the safety versus the, you know, play the, the history and the safety versus the upside is what I was going to say. We'll get to it. I'll give a real life example when we get down to that 9K range related to last week, take into this week. But I'm definitely willing to move off the chalk a lot more in these situations where you've got a week like this where weather, carnage, all these things are possible. Sometimes plays tougher, like you said, last couple of years. So just anything like that where I can look for it. And then also, last point, you brought this up, and I thought it was a good one earlier, was the drop-off. Like the names, Scotty, Burns, Finau, Matsuyama, Henley's last week winner, Fine, Wise, Taylor. We'll get to those guys. After that, it does kind of drop off quite a bit. So that's another thing just to keep in mind when you're looking at your roster construction, Kenny. But we could probably hop right in. I will be focusing, like I said, on weather, ownership, keeping the stats in mind and stuff as we go throughout, but not the, you know, the craziest history or anything that I'm going to focus on too much there. I'm just going to focus on it's the second last week of the swing season. Build some lineups that others don't have and find your way to the top with good plays that others aren't on. Yeah, when we're looking at these tiers, we start off in the 10K range, of course. We're going to go Henley all the way up to Scheffler. Uh, speaking about lineup construction, I think in cash, uh, I think you got to play two guys uh, from from Montgomery up. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think that's, that's how I'm going to go about um, my cash lineup this week because, because of that drop-off uh, after Montgomery. Um, you know, that you see. So I, I think, you know, if you don't agree with my two cash game cornerstones that are in this range, I would still try and pick two guys uh, here. You have 9,700 and above uh, all the way up to Scheffler is, is the way I would do it. And I'm going to go ahead and start. My first cash game cornerstone is going to be Sam Burns. I think Scheffler makes it fine uh, cash play, but uh, DraftKings, uh, their pricing has gone back to sort of normal. Uh, I guess, I mean, you, you've seen it where they didn't have 11K golfers where, you know, Scheffler and some other guys are like 10-9, 10-7. They were very, very easy to get two of them. Now with Scheffler at 11-5, I tried. Uh, I tried him and Montgomery. I still didn't like the way uh, my lineups uh, made out for the rest of the way. So I'm going to go Burns to start. Save the 800. Couple of top 10s here at this event, uh, you know, I think he finished seventh both times. And I think his last finish on tour was seventh. So he, he's riding the lucky number sevens uh, out here. Uh, you know, and so I really like Burns. Uh, you know, approach game great. Tita Green's fine. Lots of birdies. Putt out, putts out of his ass. Um, you know, so I like Burns. I'm going to go with him as my first cash game cornerstone this week. Uh, but I really like Scheffler and I really like Fina. Um, I think Finau, this is the week he, he got that ring rust off. He still had 10 birdies last or nine birdies and an eagle uh, last week, uh, even though he missed the cut by, I think, just one, if I'm not mistaken, maybe two. Um, and so, you know, he, he knocked that rust off. He was still getting a lot of birdies, lots of bogeys, a couple of doubles cost him. I'm going to I'm going to put that into rust there for, for Tony. And I'm going to be playing a lot of Tony He comes up number one in my model. Uh, so I'm going to be playing a lot of Tony. I'm going to be playing a lot of Scotty. Those are going to be my two guys. I start the majority of my lineups with uh, this week. Tambo, what about you? Yeah, good point there. I don't think we'll get away from people still going back to Finau, even though he was lower owned, even though, sorry, he did not come through last week and ended up having the rust that you talked about, right? If you go back to it there, miscut here, he's miscut 24th. Usually that would be like, okay, people would be off him. You got a guy right there. Like Sam people are Burns. so much sharper now. Play. They just don't care. They just go right back to it again. But, yeah. you know, you look at Burns, seventh and seventh, like you said, here, seventh last week. But what I was, I mean, this is one example I could just bring up right quick. Again, you can still pick your spot. I still prefer Finau, to be honest, because Burns is safe. Seventh, 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 like that's lucky. Cash. Seven, seven, seven. You know, good. Cash with upside. But here's the thing. So Finau miscut 24th. Who cares here? But miscut to his seventh place, the last two events they played. The 30th is not that crazy that Burns had six weeks ago, but then you go back to what they were doing previous to this. And this is where I just look at it and it's, you know, crazy. Bur- uh, Finau, ninth, fifth, and 28th. Burns, 
very consistent, 24th, 19th, 20th. I'd rather the guy that may have those 20th or missed cuts, but gets me those top 10s there, not saying he can't. He's coming off two top sevens here and one seventh just last week or two weeks ago for Burns, but just my point on this example. So Scheffler, crazy not to play him here. I think he's the class of the field, perfect spot. The Sunday he had was incredible. Don't care his ownership. I'll be way overweight. Finau, I like good for tournaments and whatnot. I, I don't know. I don't like Decky as much. I don't like Henley. Um, now, like now said, here, let's talk about Henley because his win, it's his fourth win or his third win. He's, he's had a couple, but it's been about five years since his last win. Now, you know, he's been close. His ball striking is elite. Now we've seen this happen with Webb. Uh, winning that players and then going on a run uh, after not having a win in a long time and then going on a nice little run. We've seen it with English, uh, another guy who didn't have a win for a while, came in and just started banging out three wins in a year. Uh, Brendan Todd did it, you know, in the fall swing just a few years ago with back-to-back events uh, winning. I mean, I, I, I and, and if you look at his history, I think I think he's finished like second and 20th or something here. Uh, Henley, really, really good at course history in at this course. And he seems to really love the city of Houston since he has a shit ton of top 25s in this event throughout his whole entire career. Um, do you think his ownership is going to be down? Because if it is, I think I'm going to play him. Don't know. Um, it'll be down for me. Like I said, I don't, yeah. I don't know what people will do with a guy like him. But usually off a win, people don't play him. I think it's crazy to play him. You got Scheffler, Burns, Finau literally just hundreds of dollars more, not thousands, hundreds, like Scheffler, sure. Thousands, 1500, but honestly find that 1500 bucks. There's so many spots in your lives to find it. I'm taking Scheffler over Henley all day and all those guys. I, I, I'm, I'm tempted to play Henley. I, I, I'm tempted to play Henley. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I'll look at the ownership because I mean, yeah. I, and I, th- I, I bet him too. Um, I bet him too, because I mean, you, you get this monkey off your back, you know, you're a great player. You know, you're striking the ball out your ass for the last two and a half years, three years. Uh, he just couldn't close. Now he finally gets to close. It gives him that confidence. Uh, the talent and, and, and is there. I, I, 25 to one seemed good to me. Uh, maybe I, I bet I'll go- now at the same number, but yeah, I, yeah. I understand it. I just, like I said, I don't, I think people just misinterpret this. So like in the pricing, it's so bad. Like Scotty Scheffler should be 13,500. They're just not going to do it. So when you have that, you have to take that to your advantage and just play the guys that are in that spot that, you know, I don't know. To me, I can find the money. There's actually guys below them too that I like. We're going to go there in a second anyway, but um, I, I like the three guys at the top. Prefer Scheffler, then Finau, then Burns. Yeah, I, I, we'll go to my second casting corner. So it's going to be Aaron Wise. Again, another guy who has upside. Uh, you know, I don't know about if he can win. He's only won once, uh, but the guys can get top 10, top five pretty easy. I think uh, at this event, uh, again, he comes up pretty strong uh, in almost all the numbers that I'm looking for. And I really, really like his long iron play uh, from 175 uh, up. He's very, very strong. And you're going to see a lot of, um, of shots. Uh, from that range so wise is going to be my second cash game cornerstone once again like i said i think you need two guys up here if, if you don't want to go uh, burns and wise go somewhere else go sheffler and montgomery or something like that but you're still gonna that's gonna cost you a little bit more about 700 800 more uh, and i really like the middle 7k range like there's a lot of guys that I really, really like uh, in that range that I want to put in my cash lineup. So I sort of had to go down a little bit and I went with wise uh, as my cash kick corner. So let's talk about um, Taylor Montgomery here. Uh, we had a good conversation before the pod started uh, about him. Has, has anyone done what he's doing right now? I mean, like, I mean, if, if you look, if you look at his, if you look at his form, okay. 10th, 13th, this is including corn Ferry. 10th, 13th, 15th, 9th, 3rd, 9th, 4th, 3rd, 2nd, one missed cut, uh, 70, uh, he came in 72nd, and then 8th, 2nd, 4th, 13th, 4th. The crazy thing about this is he's probably a below average ball striker. He relies strictly on his putter. I think he's played six or seven PGA Tour events with with, uh, strokes gain stats. And the lowest strokes gain putting he's ever had is 4.8. Now, normally when we talk about golfers like this, we say that it can't last. Um, 
but I, I was I was chatting with the data golf guys and, and they showed me a, they sent me a YouTube video. I guess Taylor was in some type of like high stakes money putting contest, which he won a hundred grand in a putting contest. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. What do you make of them? I, 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 because I mean, when you normally as a DFS player, when you see someone like this, where they rely all on putting, you're like fade, fade, fade. It's got to come back to the mean. But what is his mean? Is his mean the, the, the lowest he's ever gotten strokes gained is plus four point eight strokes gained putting in an event. Uh, yeah. What do you make of uh, Taylor Taylor McCrum? I think that gets overblown a little bit because yes, that's the facts, but it's also been so consistent. We, we do it all the time. And yes, putting is way higher variance than the approach where we talk about a guy like Colin Morikawa. If he just finds a putter, he boat races the field. Sure. It's not as likely someone finds some irons and boat races the field while keeping up the putter, but the putter. Yeah, but this guy, this guy, but this guy cannot even play well with his irons and his, and his, but that's where and I'm his saying, driver. What I was saying gets overblown is people aren't looking at the other numbers. His, his tee to green is great. Oh, I mean, sorry, his off the tee is great. His yeah, around the green is solid. Long. It's more than enough to bring a complete game to get what he's doing. Don't remember. You didn't rattle off 10 wins there. You rattled off 10, 13, 15, 9th, 9th, 3rd. Like, you know what I mean? He's, I mean, all top, top 15, like, like, like 14 top 15s in like his last 15 events. I'm not discounting it. I'm saying don't add, but we're not rattling off all wins here. Yeah, he has yeah. the stats to get himself in the top 20 and then a great putter, a top 30. And then the great putter can, can launch him into the, like, third I look at it right now 15. in my model in his, in, in, and it goes only 50 rounds and he only has 30 that count. Uh, he's 122nd out of like 145 people with like enough stats to be on the model. Yeah. The other <laughs> thing about that too, we talk about this all the time. Uh, I think it was Andy Lack had one of the guys on the pod talk about it as well. I've heard other pods bring guys on too and talk about these stats and stuff, how it's like actually way closer than you think. Like the difference oh. between 50th and 124. Yeah. Yeah. So when we, when people rattle off this number, like the guy beside him is ninth, he's 122nd. It literally can be feet over a certain amount of time. Like it's not as much as what you actually think. And then, like I said, he brings off the tee. He's solid around the green. And when, it's just the putter. When you have that, and that's what launches you from 30th and 40th place. He's making cuts. If you can putt that good, you make cuts. It's why is he always finishing in the top 15 is because he has that putter. Now, if he loses the putter, I don't think he's going to fall off the face of the earth, but it bears the mention. fall off the face of the earth. $9,700. He's not going to fall off the face of the earth because he's not going to lose the putter. He's not going to yeah, not. Yeah. That's my yeah. whole point. People, this is what happens all the time in showdown guy gains six strokes with the putter and they fade him the next day. Sure. I understand it. I do in some cases as well, but if he had the rest of his game with him that day and he doesn't gain six strokes tomorrow and he just gains two, he still crushes. But now people are starting to go away from that because they just think, Oh, he can't do six again. He doesn't need to do six again. That's with Taylor Montgomery. What if he's better off the tee? What if he's better around the green? What if those irons do show up and then he only gains one and a half or two, he's another top 10 that week. Now, if everything shows up, he's going to win. And some really sharp people will say about Taylor Montgomery that he's the dude, like just wait and see when he puts it all together. And he, again, he's a guy that can, can close or like, sorry, can play with the lead, be up there with the mix, at least in front of the top 10 or top 15 in a tournament. He, de- he never falls apart and disappears. So when he actually does put it all together and grab a W, which I think he will this season, he could grab more, right? That's what people are comparing it to. Like a, you know, maybe not like a Scheffler, but other guys like that, that when they rat a Homa style rattle one off, and then maybe you could start rattling a few off. And next thing you know, they're in the mix. And, and I do think that's true about him. He does have the ability to do just that. I don't, I, like I said, I don't think the putter ever completely falls off when you're that good at something. And that's why we still see guys like Danny McCarthy kick it around. I just think he's got a way better all around game than that versus some just rely on putter only. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 we'll see. I mean, it's pretty incredible what he's doing, uh, because I mean, like, like, he's not accurate off the tee though. He's long. Uh, that's why his strokes gain off the tee is 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 solid. Uh, that's where the numbers are coming from. His length, but he's not very accurate uh, off the tee. Uh, he's definitely not accurate with his irons. Uh, you're right. The short game is his thing, and if he can keep going, I mean, it's pretty incredible what he's done. We'll see how long it lasts. But like and, even. And who, Sanderson Farms, same thing you're saying, but solid overall, almost two off the tee, two on approach, 
That was the one week he actually lost it around the green. Still lost two around the green. Still gained five on the putt with the putter. Finished ninth. And the other crazy part is, like I said, just doesn't matter. It's easier fields, sure, but the last five aren't Corn Ferry Tour. They're all PGA Tour. Last week, the CJ Cup, the Shriners, the Sanderson, the Fortinet. Before that, you go back to this previous PGA, but well, he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, but 11th at the Farmers. Like, he's he's shown up with the with the best in the world that are in the field that he's in. He can't do much more than what he's been doing. So will, will the putter keep up forever? No. But will he lose it and drop off the face of the earth with it? I definitely don't think so. All right, so... Personally, for the 9K range, I'm fading everybody except Wise and Montgomery because I'm playing those. I'm playing a lot of those top seven guys, uh, so I will be fading the entire 9K range uh, outside of the top, two top guys and the bottom guy, Joel Damon, uh, who I spoke of earlier, who's been playing really, really good golf. Uh, but those are the only, those are the only ones that I'm going to stick with in a 9K range. I'll be fading everybody else. What about you, Tambo? Yeah, well, I mean, McNeely and Tigala interest me some. And the only reason I'll say this, just to, again, I'll see what ownership does. But here's another example. So last week, funny enough, we just talked about Taylor Montgomery. Last week was Hoagie, was the safety valve. Like, oh, look what he's done lately. He's going to just make his bread and get through and do his thing. For 100 bucks more, you could add Montgomery, who basically had been doing the same thing lately. It's just not as established, doesn't have the win. All well, he was factors. doing with just putter. You know, and Hoagie's been doing yeah. with ball striking and his DFS players were sort of ingrained to yeah. go with the ball striker instead of the putter. Even that aside, what I heard quoted plenty of times was actually the results and not the stats. It was there. Look at all the good finishes for Hoagie when all the good finishes are there for, for Montgomery. We just cited them all off, rattled them off both each time. So my point being here, Mav McNeely is an example. 19th and 20th here the last two years two top 20s sounds good when you're saying it coming in off a 10th 18th 12th and 10th but now you go to Thigala 61st here last year didn't play it the year before that 67 then a missed cut but in his recent but a fifth and a sixth popped in there to me it's not quite the same but would it surprise you any if Thigala got his first win here? No, not me at least. Would it surprise you any if he destroyed McNeely this week with low at lower ownership? No, not, not really. So that's an example where I'm saying, I don't really care what the rest of the stuff says, the numbers that people are looking at there. Now, if you go to stats, he actually looks pretty good. His stats actually show up on Fantasy National better than McNeely's. But I think what happens in the swing season, besides just the models, people look a lot at this and say, hey, McNeely, two top 20s coming in off four straight top 18s, including two top 10s, safe. Let me throw them in my lineup. How does that go wrong? And you have guys with more, more risk, but maybe more upside here too. So I, I like Figala there for that reason. I'm with you on Wise at the top. He looks like sort of the class of this range. That will come with ownership though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Burns and Wise are going to be incredibly popular. But like I said, when it comes to cash, Doesn't I don't matter. really care. I don't really care about ownership. Uh, now let's move to this AK range. Tampa, why don't you get us started? Yeah. General interest, just based on what you said, like skipping this a lot for the other builds, like building with two guys up top, but a lot of guys pop. I will say one thing about this week versus last week, the pricing seems to match the skill levels a lot better than last week. We sort of had some misprices that we talked about on the pod and ended up having a good week because of it. Cause for some reason, the ownership didn't follow what I thought were the, were the misprices, but here Neesmith again, you're taking risks, but Neesmith, Siwoo, Norin, all pop. Uh, Pendrith, Keith Mitchell, those guys sort of pop. Riley playing a lot better. So I'm going to mix and match. These are all guys at unique prices. The guys I would probably like the most, Taylor Pendrith, stick with him. I, I think he's just another talented individual that's for, I don't know, 12, what is he, a thousand bucks less than Taylor Montgomery? 12, sorry, uh, 1200 less. I, I play him as a similar dude. Like he, he's still capable. He's got all the stats across the board. He's solid all around. I'm going to stick with him, not just because he's Canadian, but. I do like his game, Davis Riley, not going away from him, sticking with him in the swing season. So I like him. Uh, And then Keith Mitchell down at the bottom at 8,100. I just think, again, when you look at the stats, they're mediocre, but we could see a little bit more upside here. I I just will take the risk on him for 8,100 bucks. That's all really, though, for me in here, Kenny, just taking some shots. I like you, uh, like this range a lot. There's a lot of golfers I like. If I had to just pick two, um, I really like Davis Riley. Uh, yeah. This week, I, I, you know, like you said, he's been playing better. His long irons are one of his strengths. Uh, and on this course, you're, you're going to need 
uh, solid long iron play. Uh, so I do like Riley a lot. Uh, I like Siwoo a lot. If the short, if it gets windy and that short game is needed, um, he's the best in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, played well at the President's Cup. Uh, played well after that as well in a couple of tournaments uh, where we had that one Korea Bonanza uh, tournament we had right after the President's Cup. I can't remember what tournament it was, but we're like five Koreans finished in the top 12 or some shit like that. And he was one of them. Um, so yeah, those are two that I like a lot. I really like Munoz as well. A Texas guy can play in the wind. Uh, is It will be used to this. I, I like a lot of these guys uh, in, in this 8K range, uh, but those will be my top three, uh, but I'll be playing more. Uh, let's move on to the 7K range. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm always back. I I can't get off Harris English. Um, You know, I I just think at some point in time, his game is going to click. Uh, It is going to happen. Uh, He's going to get back uh, to where he was a year, a year and a half ago and get a W. Uh, So I I like English. Uh, You know, I'm always going to play Patrick Rogers. That's just uh, what's going to happen. But my third cash game cornerstone, uh, if you're going to go with a PGA national type of course, uh, correlation, a uh, tough course player, a guy who does well in that type of situation is going to be Mackenzie Hughes at $7,700. He's going to be my third cash game cornerstone. Uh, when it comes to stats, I mean, I'm not even looking at it for him. Uh, I just know that he plays well in tough courses. Uh, he's had good form uh, with a win a few weeks ago, backing that up with the top 25 the week after. Uh, he's playing exceptional golf. The price tag actually seems a little bit cheap. Uh, for me. And if I remember correctly, I think he finished seventh here last year. Uh, I could be wrong about that, uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he had a, a decent finish at this event as well. Uh, so he is my third cash game cornerstone this week. My favorite play in this upper 7K range is going to be Alex Smalley. Again, really, really good from over um, 200 plus yards. He's had a decent finish here in the past. Um, his iron game has been clicking upwards. I really, really like Smalley this week. He could be the fifth guy in my cash lineup. Tambo, who do you like up top? Yeah, one thing I will say quick, that was the Shriners you were referencing with the uh, the Korean Bonanza, like you talked about with SH Kim, Siwoo Kim, Sung J M, Tom Kim, all up top in the top eight with uh, Tom Kim getting the W. But that 8K range, as much as I like it, Kenny, like I said, that's the issue is I don't know how much of it I can play because of the lineup construction with going up top. And I was with you on some of these guys you just mentioned here. I don't see a lot of difference between that mid-tier to low 8K range and some of these guys right here in this upper 7K range. Again, just a, a litany of options. You have so many guys you can go to. Your Patrick Rogers, who you mentioned. Wyndham Clark, a little bit longer off the tee. Love the Hughes call. Um, people may forget he just won two events ago, came 23rd after he won and has a 29th and a seventh here. Again, like you said, don't care about the stats. We'll see how it shakes out with waves and all those things, but he, he could fit in. Will Gordon, really good week last week. Smalley, love him and Hodges right there. I like Hodges a lot too. So this is where I was saying again, and everyone's like, oh, you're naming everybody. I get it. But what I was saying in the 8k range, I said, the guys I like, I don't know how many I'll get to because I can just come down here and play all these guys and leave those 8K guys out if I want. So that's where my thoughts are right now. Dean Burmeester, another guy, I bet him, we'll talk about him, but you know, he's a good guy in here at 7,600 that you could go to as well. So a lot of options in the 7K range, and I will have a lot more exposure to the lower 7K range as well, because the 6K range is not that good this week. So these are the decisions, sort of 6,700 and up, 6,800 and up really is where I'm looking to stay, Kenny. So I, I don't know what you got. Anybody else in here? If not, go to the bottom of the seven K. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I really like, uh, I really like your, I like Hodges as well. Like you talked about, he could be in my cast lineup too. Um, so going down, Giuseppe, Giuseppe Straka uh, on Bermuda, uh, we'll go ahead and take him. Uh, Grayson Sig had one bad round last week, but it, I mean, he was like 65, 66, 67, and then like a seventy four on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I think that's a decent price. A uh, good price for him. I'm going to play him. I think my favorite play is Davis Thompson. Uh, coming off a 12th place finish about three three weeks ago, um, I don't know how popular 
uh, he's going to get. It could make for a really strong GPP play, but, you know, uh, top tier in approach, tee to green, um, you know, really good off the tee, um, really good with his long irons once again. And I'm, I'm really targeting guys who are strong um, with their longer irons. I really like Davis Thompson. I bet him at 100 to 1 uh, this week. So uh, he's one of my favorites down here. I know a lot of people like Cameron Champ last week. Um, I think this is the week that you play Cameron Champ. Uh, because again, he has that length and again, long iron strong. Once again, uh, I think he's like, uh, what, like he's second from 200 plus and 20th from 175 to 200 in this field. Um, so I think a low ownership sub five, sub 6% Cameron champ uh, is a nice look down here. And I'm going back to finally going back to SH Kim, uh, another sort of non birdie fest where a short game is going to come in, which is his biggest strength. Uh, this is the week I've been off of him for the last three weeks, which has been good because he's been playing like ass, but I'm back on him uh, this week. And I really do like um, a little bit of SH Kim. Who do you like in his bottom 7K range? Do you, do you think SH Kim lives in Texas? That would be, I, I, I have heard that he lives in Houston. Yes. There's another piece of information, right? You can. Just uh, I have heard. I have heard that he lives in. He's currently living in in the Houston area. Um, I think I got that from Martin's article uh, this morning. Go go check out Sundog Monkey's uh, article for for this week. Yeah, you always say it though, right? Koreans in Texas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. save it up. Well, for it's that. because it's because KJ Choi right. his home is in Houston, Texas, and you know everybody, every young Korean golfer. They respect the hell out of KJ. They want to be around him. And he gives them pointers on how to adjust to the American lifestyle. Uh, because a lot of these guys are kids who are coming over who've never left Korea ever in their lives, uh, really, uh, maybe to play an event for four days somewhere uh, in Asia, but that's it. Uh, but now these guys are, are here and they're moving into the United States. Uh, and, and KJ is sort of like the Korean rock. Uh, to, to, to hold all these guys together. And they all want to be around him, uh, at least when they first start off on tour. So Houston, basically a hotbed for a lot of Korean golfers. Yeah, I, I like that call quite a bit, actually. So uh, I'm with you there. I liked um, Sig, who you mentioned. You see, the Eagles really helped him last week. You talked about those three, three out of four good rounds. But even still, he, he's a good play here. Luke List, Brendan Steele. He's a guy that popped for me in the stats too, just yeah. overall across the board. And I mean, he's got one good finish lately to me, just someone that you could want, you want to pick him up early. So I, I like him at 7,200. I like uh, Laird played really well last week. He can you know, get around a course like this. Just fine. Lipsky came through for me last week. I'll always play Steven Yeager and, and Woodland. So yep. Yep. Those like- are the two that I missed that I was going to talk about. I like Jaeger. I like his length. I think it'll be good for this type of course and Woodland in the wind. Pretty damn good wind player. Uh, Gary Woodland is that low piercing ball flight. Uh, I mean, it, it could work out for him I, at seven K. I'm definitely going to take a risk on Gary. I think I bet him too at 130. Yeah, I did too. So we'll get to that, but uh, yeah, St- Steven Jaeger is guy that always stands up for me. So I like him Woodland. 7K, nothing really crazy there. You can take a shot like Hostler if you want. Hostler in Houston. Remember, it was the uh, the Houston Open against the playoff against uh, Ian Poulter back in the day. Different, but same. You know, go back to him if you want. And uh, 7,000, you can play him there. But not too much else that uh, that I like down here, Kenny. It's like I say, I'll play a little bit of these guys when we get to the, the next range, but not too many in the 6Ks altogether. Yeah, I mean, when we get to the 6K range, there's three guys up top that really are strong, strong wing players. I mean, uh, probably top 10 uh, in windy conditions, strokes gain total uh, in the last 50 rounds of windy conditions. Uh, you look at Ryan Palmer, Cheston Hadley, and Benny Ahn. Uh, really, really strong in, in windy conditions. So I like those guys um, a lot. I'll play them up top. Uh, John Ha is another guy that plays well in the wind, had a decent uh, showing uh, last week. Tyler Duncan is a guy that I really like down here uh, at $6,500. Not a cash play, but I have another cash play at this price. Uh, But he's so good with his long irons. Uh, I think he's the best in the field um, from 175 up. One of the top three in the field from 175 yards and above. 
Um, I think he's eight, six uh, in the last 50 rounds from 200 plus ninth uh, from 175 to 200 in the last 50 rounds. No one's going to play him. Um, you're going to get him at one to 2%. Uh, you throw five, six percent at him, you'll be three times the field average on Tyler Duncan. I really like him. And then my final cash game cornerstone for the week is going to be Robert Streb, who's actually sixth in strokes game total in windy conditions, uh, made back to back cuts uh, and has had us and finished seventh here last year. He's going to be my punt play. So my cash game cornerstones for this week are going to be. Samuel Burns at $10,700, Aaron Wise at $9,900, Mac Hughes at $7,700, and Robert Streb at um, $6,500. Leaves you more than $15K, even though you have a 9-9 golfer and a 10-7 golfer uh, in this lineup. So plenty of room to do whatever you want with those last two guys. Um, now, if we're going to go even more into the 6K range, the final couple of guys that I'll be looking at, um, what's his name? Where is he at? Nicholas Echeverria, uh, Finnish had a, a really good, strong, he was unbelievable in the Latin American tour for about three years, made it to the Corn Ferry tour, uh, got his card, uh, looks good, 23rd last time out, someone you could just throw out there uh, with talent uh, at a cheap price, maybe throw 5% at him. You know, he's only going to be one, two percent owned. So it's someone to look at. Tamba, what about you? Yeah, not as many, but uh, I like a couple calls you brought up that I liked along the way. Ryan Palmer. I thought that was a good one. The Windy you talked about earlier with the, you know, the Honda as well. If you wanted to bring that in, you know, he's played well there, too. I know he goes in the water the most. Well, and another, another good thing is like he's really good putting from off the green. And this course has that uh, all the runoff areas where, you know, you, where, you know, you can putt. Uh, up these crowns and that he's actually really good at that. I mean, uh, so uh, it's something to look at. I like that. Um, I had another Ryan down there, Ryan Armour, played good golf last week. Talk about three putt avoidance, bogey, bogey avoidance, just a made cut, 6,600. And then if you got a guy to grind out the weekend, sometimes he does find those irons and you see him in that final few groups and making a run at it or something like that. So I don't hate him. I like the Duncan call, but I had Bramlett circled there. I always play a little Joseph Bramlett. The stats are not the best across the board, but I, I think, again, when you talk about just fairways, greens, you could find him. And then one guy that I really like down here, Kenny, Dylan Fratelli, University of Texas guy coming in, you know, in Houston. I think it could be pretty good here. How much is he? 6,800. No, I can get down I, with that. 19th here last year, no, 29, 13th and 59, three of his last four. And then uh, I was looking at, it again, the stats are just okay across the board, but they're nothing that like throws me off. Like, oh, he's horrible at this, or I don't want him. So I'm going to play him at 6,800 as well. All right, anyone else? Nope. All right, let's get the bets. I'll go ahead and start. I'm going to go with, you know, I'm thinking this is the, one of the weeks where I'll, I'm going to bet Russell Henley at 25 to one and maybe not play him. You might've talked me out of it. We'll see, but I, I think he can win again, uh, especially at this course. Uh, where he's had success in the past. He loves this area. He plays this tournament basically every year possible. And is just, you know, knocking out top 25, top 15s, uh, even at the old course uh, over at the golf club at Houston. Maybe it's something about Houston that he enjoys. I did not know. Uh, similar types of greens that they had between the two courses. So that could be a reason uh, for why he, he likes these courses so much. His confidence has to be sky high. I'm not worried about like him going out and getting hammered and you know, celebrating the win like that. This is the guy's third win. Uh, you know, it's not like his first and it's not like he's 23 years old. He's in his thirties. Uh, so, so I'm not worried about that aspect uh, of Henley. So I'm going to go Henley 25 to one Davis Riley, 50 to one Smalley. 65 to one Mackenzie Hughes, 65 to one Davis Thompson, 100 to one Gary Woodland, 100 to one. I didn't get 130. I got 100. And then uh, Brendan Steele, 100 to one. Wow. We're very aligned this week, my friend. We don't talk bets before the show. So I went with B now over Henley at 25. So that to me, I, I sent it out to the Rumpier sports discord this morning. I, I that number I guess it was 16 at some place, so not everybody could get it, but he was 
like I think it was like Denny McCarthy was right there with them and stuff. Like I, it was just disrespectful the way the number was. A wise was eighteen to one on my book, and Finau's twenty five. One guy wins, one guy doesn't. You know, to me at least lately, well, obviously, one guy, yeah, got, no. he doesn't one win. He got to win. Now. He got to win in Texas, by the way, at a, another shitty course. But he got a win and then didn't get the kiss. So that's not a winner, my friend. When he thought that's he was true, getting the kiss true. and got dubbed or got snubbed, so that that don't count. But Riley fifty on with you. Burmeester, I got at 75. I think I'm going to add him as a first-round leader, too. I'm just feeling him this week. First-round leader bets Jason Day. Uh, if you're going to go first-round leader, I don't know what his number is. Hopefully, it's decent. I'll just make a note of it for now. Garbage. But uh, I'm thinking Jason Day, first-round leader. The guy, uh, I didn't really talk about him but uh, because I have to fade that range. But if I'm going to put a bet on him, it'll be the first-round leader. I think he was. I think he's had the lowest round here at this course at least once in the eight rounds and he's had a couple of other rounds where he's been close um that should make me want to play him in dfs i just can't do it quite yet especially (laughs) with the guys above him yeah and then i'm with you i was the same i only had five bets when my last two were steel at 100 and the reason i was mad at you about woodland when you said 130 is because i got 110 but now i feel okay that you only got 100 so i got 100 on woodland yep yep. all right well 100 on steel 100 on 110 on woodland i got all those except for finau um, Riley, Burmeester, Steele, and Woodland at eight places. So pretty happy with that. All right. That sounds good. Anything else? I think that's it, man. You can find that's me on one Twitter. More event next oh, week. Oh, one more. Right. That's it. You can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. I feel like I feel like you're you're looking forward to it. You have to be like one of the busiest men like in the business. Like <laughs> I'm, you I'm know, definitely like, looking forward to it. I'm losing yeah. my voice. Now. I mean, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking better, forward but... to it because I've been doing this for like seven plus years. Uh, and so like any large break is great for me. Uh, but I mean, you're doing like 18 shows a week and winning like 47 GBPs. So you got to be busy as fuck. I just uh, like so having I, the time off a little bit just to, you know, relax. Again, we still got football full force. I'll yeah. be doing a ton of stuff. But from this golf segment of having to do golf shows, plus the work, plus watch it all and, and stay dialed in. I do like a break of just not having to watch it for like a month. That That's yeah. fun to me, like yeah. just to be able to focus. Well, I mean, I'm going to be watching because that the new match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That seems pretty sick. That uh, one's good. It's for a good cause. I'm not a big fan of the matches. This is obviously the best names we've ever had at it. So I'm excited. Uh, but when it's like Tom Brady and the dudes, like I just. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Give, give me real golfers. Give me real golfers. This, in this, the match. this should be fun. Yeah. yeah and yeah. they've got good commentary too. It's going to be like JT was awesome on there. Or sorry. What it's Spieth and Rory. And JT and, and JT Spieth. and Tiger. Yeah, I was right. So it no, no, it, it's Rory and Tiger. But yes, JT and Spieth. But when JT what, what, was on the last match, because I still uh, watched again, like uh, full to Gen, but I'm saying he, he was on there doing the commentary. He knew exactly when to interject and when to lean out. Like he was solid. So I don't know. I, I'm excited for this one for sure with you. That'll be the only thing though, really, that I have to take. Uh, December 10th. What day is that? I, I don't understand why they didn't do it like like Friday of Thanksgiving or something like that. Saturday. I guess they're smart. They did it on a Saturday, and it looks like that's probably towards the end of college football. I'm looking that forward actually... to American Thanksgiving, too, by the way. I love American Thanksgiving football all day. I don't know why it wasn't like that in Canada the whole way, me growing up, but it just makes for the absolute best day. And a couple of years, we even got together with friends and did like a Friendsgiving mm-hmm. on American Thanksgiving so here I'll, in Canada I'll t- and watch a story. Pick a turkey and do it all. Yeah, go ahead. So I'll tell a story about in college uh, when I was at Virginia Tech. We, um, uh, a bunch of us stayed for stayed at, at, at school for, for the Thanksgiving break. And we had this huge Friendsgiving, but we made, we got like a, I think a quarter pound of some crucial weed. Right. And we made like a pound and a half of weed butter. Right. And we used that weed butter to cook the entire Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, that we had it was on the turkey it was in the mashed potatoes it was in the macaroni and cheese it was in the gravy uh literally like it was in the vegetables uh the brussels sprouts uh it was literally the only thing it didn't have was probably the cranberry sauce that we got out of the can um uh that was a fun fun time if you ever get a chance to do that uh because the thing is you just you eat and you think you're you're full but your your mind does not think you're full. We crushed so much food uh, that week. It was so much fun. But then okay. the turkey has the special, what is it, the L-tryptophan or whatever it's called in it. That uh, It definitely makes you sleepy. So yeah, see, already- that was fun. Yeah. Nowadays, uh, you know, my mom, my mother works on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, and my family's, you know, not to, when my grandfather was alive, 
we we'd, we'd all get together. But he passed a couple of years ago. So me and my grandmother, we go to Golden Corral. Fuck it, we go to Golden Corral, get that all you can eat turkey, uh, roast beef, prime rib. Get it done. Don't have to cook. Don't have to clean. You know, eat at like eleven thirty. Get home by one for like the second quarter of the football game and watch football the rest of the day. So that, that could be a plan. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Should be out later this evening. Uh, use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on the membership to Gups Corner. Gup has been killing it uh, on the betting market here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you've been tailing him. You've been making a shit ton of money. Uh, so make sure you go check that out. Yeah, find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Like I said, got a lot going on with football. Even when golf ends, I'll still be doing all the football stuff. It's just more focused. So that's going to be good. And then on top of it, you can find me at rumpiersports.com. Use promo code RPSHEATER25. Get yourself 25% off. You have to do the $100 monthly option for that to work. So other than that, boys and girls, we will be back next week for the final episode of the swing season. And then, by the way, we will have our same one we did last year, our preview for the season with the majors, the up-and-comers, the all of our thoughts for that. It'll come out later at sort of the end of December, maybe maybe in person. We can do a live well, show. We'll see. I, I think from what Pat says, we're also doing the draft again yes, uh, this year, and the Tambo's not going to miss it. I'm not missing time. this one, no. so 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 we'll do we'll do a we'll do a nice little draft towards the end of the year uh, for these uh, for this upcoming season. And hey, I didn't finish in last place last year. That goes to David Perry of the Tour Junkie. Sorry, David, to blow you up like that. But uh, uh, I just didn't want to come in last. So I'm happy about it. Well, the problem is half my team went to live. I had like Reed and Neiman and like some other. And they known. all just went to live. So that was my biggest issue. All right. So one, two more events left in this season. I'm ready for a break. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. Let's get the fuck out of here.